Hello and welcome to another episode of Boomer the Service Dog. So I've had a lot of requests to further expand upon how I was able to get Boomer into the concert and go places and do things with him that you don't necessarily see a service dog uh, at. Yes, I just ended a sentence with a preposition. (laughs) So this episode is going to discuss the techniques that we used and mention some of the people that we uh, trained with and watched on various channels and stations to get Boomer to the point where he is now. Enjoy the session and uh, let me know if there's something you'd like to hear about training dogs. This episode is meant to be, as all of mine are, they're meant to be a documentary. Uh, And if it helps you with your dog, with your service dog or regular dog, I'm thrilled. I want to be able to share what I've learned from all the various people that I've trained with and watched on various channels with you, uh, selecting out the bits and parts that I find most valuable. I am not a dog trainer. I have just trained this dog in particular a lot. And with that comes uh, some new knowledge. It's not perfect. But one thing you need to keep in mind, if your dog fetches a ball naturally, you can encourage that and grow that. But if your dog does not naturally retrieve and bring something back to you, it's almost impossible to teach your dog to do that. If your dog does not want to lay down and play dead, you're never going to get your dog to do that. So a lot of this stuff is just looking and see what your dog does naturally and how you can help to expand that, grow that, nurture that so that you can spend more time with your dog and do more things and have more memories. And that's what it all boils down to uh, when you look at it. How much fun can you have with your dog and how much freer can your life be if you have a service dog? How much freer can your life be and how much can you enjoy it uh, more? Because I'm not ready to stop living. I'm not ready to stop traveling and going out and doing things. And Boomer has allowed me to do that safely and without fear of having a bad blood sugar episode. Let's move on uh, to the first segment of this episode, which discusses the basics of getting your dog to do something. The basic commands such as sit, shake, down, those are commands that a lot of dogs, I'm not going to say all dogs, but a lot of dogs can learn easy. And dogs want to learn. They want to please us. They've been bred to do that. The dog has changed throughout the course of mankind to have dogs as small as ones that can fit into the purse to ones that are big enough to pull you from an avalanche. 
So we have manipulated and bred dogs specifically for their traits of doing a task that we want them to do. So in effect, we have been training service dogs since the beginning of man. Uh, Dogs started hanging around uh, man for their table scraps and wanting food and shelter. So we kept the ones around that were more in tune with us and we started breeding uh, for that trait. Then we started changing how they looked. That's the basic premise of how canines and dogs uh, came to be man's best friend. And they certainly are man's best friend. I love cats. I have two of my own. Rather, my husband has one and Boomer has one. <laughs> I, I insisted that, that we have them, but they seem to have parted ways with me and have chosen their selected individuals. And it's not me. And that's okay. I have Boomer. Uh, but dogs in particular, there's a funny uh, joke. Lock your wife and your dog in the trunk of the car and come back in two hours and see which one's happy to see you. Well, that's true. Uh, Unfortunately, dogs will love you no matter what. Uh, So be kind to them and don't abuse that trust. Dogs want to learn. I, I think their vocabulary is upwards of 200 words that they understand verbally from you. Now, I'm not saying every dog understands that because certainly there are less intelligent dogs out there that are simply wonderful companions, but you can't really train them. And those people out there that have those dogs, they're absolutely your best friend. They're absolutely wonderful, but maybe this episode isn't particular relevance to you because your dog is untrainable. Don't let you say that your dog is untrainable. Let a professional do that. Don't give up on your dog. Maybe you're just not teaching them in the right fashion. There are several ways to teach a dog. There is, of course, the reward system. Uh, There is the clicker, that thing where you use to click as soon as they do something that they've done well, and then you can give them a treat. A few seconds later and the premise behind that is they understand that noise meaning that they did something well at that moment and that works extremely well because while you're starting to communicate with your animal they may think that they look to the left and that's why you gave them a treat or they raise their paw slightly and that's why you gave them the treat the clicker in effect lets them know once you've done it a few times that, oh, I just did something well, and then they get their treat. The few seconds that happens in between you saying good boy and them getting a treat, they have no idea what point it was that they did good to get the treat, and they're trying to figure that out. So the clicker is a very effective way to begin training your dog to a desired behavior. Uh, Did we do that with Boomer? Absolutely we did that with Boomer. And his training with Mary McKnight, uh, who is uh, the diabetic alert dog trainer, she uh, taught us that when you open a door, there are several micro incremental steps that you take uh, 
before you open that door. There's the step of looking at the door and recognizing their door. There's the step of actually moving your hand or your foot towards that door. You get the idea from there. You have to break it down like you're trying to teach. And Mary McKnight said this. You have to break it down in micro incremental steps. Say that 10 times fast. uh, As if you were teaching Helen Keller to do something. And, and that's basically it. So with Boomer, aside from the normal training, we started training him to do certain things that are useful for us when we're out. Uh, follow is a good command that we taught Boomer. And that's where he's not walking beside me. He's walking behind me, following in my footsteps. Where does that come in useful? Well, it comes in useful so many places, whether we're at the mall or boutique shops or the grocery store or even concerts. Follow is an excellent command so that he is walking in my pathway so that I can clear the pathway. I don't want his paws to get stepped on and I don't want him to be in the way. And sometimes there's just not enough room for him to walk beside me. So that's a good command. I can't express enough how important it is to take your dog with you, especially service dog owners, everywhere you go. The more places you take your dog to, the more places they're going to feel comfortable going to, and the less anxiety you, and therefore your dog, are going to have about new places that you're going to. Next, we're going to talk about how we exactly got Boomer to the concerts and what steps we took to protect his hearing. Before taking Boomer to fourth row seat concerts at Red Rocks in Denver, Colorado, we needed to start out with something much, much smaller. Again, think micro incremental steps. At first, we just played the music in our house and we increased the volume little by little and we did not force Boomer to stay there. If he got up and moved, we had already decided that this was be out. So again, you don't want to force your dog to do something. You don't want to quote unquote break your dog. You want to see if it's a, if it's a possibility, if it's an avenue. So if you wanted to take your dog to a fireworks show, you would never just take him to a fireworks show. You would start out small. You would play videos on YouTube of fireworks and see how they respond to that you would set off a couple of fireworks in your backyard with the dog inside the house to see how they do with that. And I don't recommend you taking your dog to all these places. I, as a service dog owner, there's certain things that I don't want to give up in life right now, but if Boomer is not okay with it, I would not go. I would never, uh, as of this point in my life, take Boomer to Halloween Horror Nights. That's not something 
that I think would be okay. You've got people jumping out at you, several uh, sensory overload places, loud noises, smoke. Uh, that's just not a place where I would take Boomer. I wouldn't subject him to that. Now, can you subject your service dog to that? I don't know. I don't know what they're capable of dealing with. But in my case, I decided I'm not even going to try that. That's maybe not a good idea. Um, again, C.1. Do not harm your dog. Uh, dog's hearing is four times as sensitive as ours. And you can actually damage your dog's hearing and they can go deaf if you are not protecting your dog's ears. Well, how do you protect your dog's ears? I'm glad you asked. Protecting your dog's ears is much the same as how you protect your own. There are specially designed earplugs for a dog's ear. And yeah, you've got to learn how to put those in your dog's ear and they've got to be okay with that. And if they're not okay with that, then you can't push them. There are ear headphones designed for dogs. Uh, one guy came up with that because he wanted to take his dog in the uh, small airplane that he flew and it's noisy inside there. So he wanted to protect his dog's hearing. Thank you for doing that. So the two things that we use for Boomer, and these are not the only two that are available. Crit Ear is one of the earplugs, C-R-I-T-T-E-A-R, and Mutt Muffs, M-U-T-T-M-U-F-F. -T -T Those are the two protections that we use for Boomer when we take them to concerts. We started out with the non-invasive ones, the ones that just sit on his ears, Mutt Muffs. We used those with him on the concerts, and we did it in small steps. We stayed very far away from the actual concert the first time we went. We went to an outdoor arena where we could get very far away from the music, and we slowly put them on the dog's ear and gave him treats and then took him off less than a minute later. And we did that several times just to get him used to the idea that this was okay and this was a thing. We wanted to make sure that this wasn't something that was stressing our dog out. How long ago did we do this? Well, we started doing this about three and a half years ago. So after he uh, was used to going to the grocery store and flying and, and going to you know different things with us, we wanted to make sure that we could protect his hearing before we went to something extremely noisy, like a movie or a Broadway show. So we started out with the Mutt Muffs and used that to protect his hearing. And we did it in a situation where we could leave if we needed to, or back up if we needed to, or seek shelter away from the noise if we needed to. Now, as it turned out, Boomer had no problem wearing the Mutt Muffs, and he just laid down, laid his head down, and we listened to the music from a very good distance away, and he did great. Taking your dog to concerts or taking your dog onto public transportation means that you need to start at home uh, with the training. The training for, say, the muzzle that Boomer had to wear in Italy. Uh, yes, even a service dog had to wear a muzzle 
any form of public transportation in Italy, whether it be water taxi, uh, train, bus, taxi, uh, street taxi, they had to wear a muzzle 100% of the time. And actually, I think that's a very good rule because uh, certainly not service dogs, but regular dogs, if they're in a new situation, they might get skittish. And if a dog is skittish, they might bite. So if they have a muzzle on, uh, they can still breathe, they can still pant, they can still drink water and accept treats, but they can't bite. So that's kind of a good thing, I think. And before we left for Italy, uh, we read up on it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to introduce your dog to the muzzle so that it's in a non-threatening way and so that they accept it without any issues. Or at least I watched it. Steve was absolutely convinced, oh, Boomer, this is no big deal. So we selected a muzzle from the pet store and brought it home and let him smell it, give him a treat. And I told Steve, I said, let's just put it away and tomorrow we'll get it out and show it to him again. He said, no, he's fine with it. So Steve popped a treat inside the muzzle. Boomer put his face down in the muzzle to get the treat and Steve fastened the muzzle around Boomer and guess what? He was fine. How do I know he was fine? His body language told me he was fine. His ears were relaxed. They weren't at attention. They weren't pulled back. His body was relaxed. His tail was swooped gently down. He wasn't excited. The tail wasn't up. The tail wasn't tucked. Everything about the dog told me that he was fine. So we petted Boomer, told him what a good boy he was, because effectively dogs just want our approval. So that was a treat for him because we're lavishing him with attention and petting him, telling him good boy and giving him treats. All of this took place over the course of maybe, maybe three minutes. We left the muzzle on for a little while and then we took it off and we said, hey, he's got this down. Now, Boomer's used to us doing many things to him anyway. Uh, because he needs to sleep in the bed with me, he has to be clean before he gets in the bed. That means wiping him down with, I use Tropiclean uh, pet wipes. They're coconut uh, water-based cloths. They're, I, want, I don't want to say they're like baby wipes. Because never, never use a baby wipe on your dog. There is lanolin in a baby wipe and that is toxic to your dogs so this is a dog baby wipe this is not a people baby wipe i'm sure you could use it on people because we don't lick ourselves uh, but it doesn't have lanolin in it so we wipe his paws down we clean his nails we clean his bottom we clean his face we clean his teeth we do everything to him so he's very used to us touching him, manipulating him, spreading his toes apart. Um, this is all very normal to Boomer. So he has become desensitized to us touching him in various places that a dog normally does not like to be touched. And he's fine with it. He even stretches his leg out like we call him a yoga dog. He stretches his leg out while we're getting his back paws clean 
uh, as, as a little stretching thing he likes to do. So it's, it's total normalcy for Boomer, and that's what it needs to be for your dog. It needs to be total normalcy, whatever it is that you're trying to do with your dog. Incorporate other behaviors into your life and your dog's life so that it doesn't stress them out, so that it is second nature, so that this is normal. And remember from one of my other episodes that your dog feeds off your behavior. So if you're nervous about doing something new with your dog, that may feed over to your dog. So get your own emotions in control before you do anything with your dog. This applies for everything that you do, whether you're teaching your dog to wear headphones or placing the earplugs into your dog's ear. Oh, I'll touch on that next. That was specifically a little bit more challenging uh, because it goes inside the ear. So keep all of this in mind. You can, you can relate this to your dog's behavior and what you're trying to accomplish with your dog, whether it be simply taking them on a car ride and, and going to the bank and going through the drive through at the bank. Micro incremental steps uh, use high value treats get your own emotions in control as Caesar the dog whisperer would say be calm okay because your calm strength will transfer over to your dog and your dog will remain calm as well but if your anxiety level is out of control your dog's anxiety level will also be up there as well they sense our emotions they can smell how our body chemistry changes. Caesar talks about that numerous times on any of his episodes of The Dog Whisperer. I highly recommend listening to that as well, even if he's talking about problems that have nothing to do with your dog, the outcome is still the same and the basis is still the same as well. So let's talk about the difficulties that we experienced with the earplugs in particular. Uh, because the headphones were absolutely no problem at all, but the earplugs go into the dog's ear canal. So that's a little tricky, but it's not impossible. When it comes to placing an earplug in a dog's ear canal, you cannot use human uh, earplugs that we use on ourselves. The dog's ear canal is much differently shaped and larger than that. So if you have not begun brushing your dog's teeth or cutting their nails or grooming them in any fashion, this is probably not the first step that you want to take. Uh, in in this uh, endeavor to take your dog to a concert. This is a long process and it involves everything from desensitization of uh, cleaning your dog's paws, separating out the individual toenails and cleaning those, brushing your dog's teeth, caring for your dog, grooming your dog, to get them desensitized to actions that eventually become normal everyday things. When uh, Boomer 
comes in from outside, he has to be wiped down because when he sleeps with me at night, I don't want my bed messed up every single night. Boomer's teeth get brushed numerous times uh, throughout the month. I wish I could say I did it every day, but I don't. And it, when you're going into a dog's ear canal, it's very, they have to trust you a lot to do that. So if you're not even brushing your dog's teeth, start out with that. Uh, okay, so you say, I can't do that. They won't let me near it. Well, again, go back to Mary McKnight's teaching of micro-incremental stages, or steps rather, and at first just get them to smell the dog toothpaste. Again, do not use products that are meant for humans on dogs. Toothpaste is another big one. You do not want to use anything other than dog toothpaste on a dog. Use that dog toothpaste, uh, just squeeze a small amount out and have them lick it off of your finger. And that's it. Um, just begin that way. There are numerous doggy toothbrushes that slip on your finger and have little nubs on the end. And it doesn't do a great job, but it's a good start. And once they become desensitized to you brushing their teeth and actually look forward to you brushing their teeth, you can move up to canine teeth brushes that uh, have the circular design and are better at scrubbing your dog's teeth. Will this eliminate you having to take them to the vet and them having to go undergo anesthesia to have their teeth professionally cleaned? I don't know. Uh, for Boomer, it does not. We still have to get his teeth professionally cleaned because he just gets tartar buildup and some of those some dogs are more prone to it than others unfortunately i've never had a dog that did not get tartar buildup and we always had to have them professionally cleaned even though i do a very good job i think of brushing my dog's teeth several times a month i don't brush them every day i just i don't know there's just not enough i'm gonna say it there's just not enough time is there uh, we're Americans, we're busy, we're sh juggling everything, uh, work, exercise, uh, family life, taking care of uh, parents and uh, trying to take care of everybody else, including yourself and your dog. So there you have it. Uh, so putting the earplugs in Boomer was easy. Uh, and I want to say that with just a word of caution. Boomer is a service dog. He is used to me doing all kinds of things to him and with him and taking him places. So this is just another one of the little things in the road that he's like, okay, this is what we're doing. When I initially put the earplugs in him though, he fervently shook his head to displace them and they bounced all over the room and it was hard for me to find them. So very quickly, I decided that the little flat spot at the top of the earplug that does not go in his ear was a great place for me to pierce through with embroidery floss, which is several strands thick, and tie that to the headphones because we were going to use those in in synchronicity with one another. We feel that the earplugs and the earphones work great for concerts to drown out the noise so that he can be comfortable so comfortable that he uh, laid down at the Holland Oats concert in Noblesville uh, we were in the picnic area the, the lawn seating but we were in a special 
patio area that was covered and had a table and he laid underneath the table and watched the concert from there. And yes, he did watch the concert. He watched the people, he watched the concert, laid his head down, relaxed. And uh, towards the end of the night, he actually alerted me that my blood sugar was low. So I went up and got some orange juice, which was the bartender was almost directly behind me. So that was easy. So the big problem with the earplugs is that they're easily displaced when the dog shakes their head. I don't know that any dog would would leave the crit ear earplugs in without them used in conjunction with the mutt muffs. So I think those two manufacturers need to get together and offer a, uh, a, a two for, you know, some kind of sale <laughs> to purchase both of them because they're great. Uh, but I feel like at concerts or noisy events that that would be uh, the best combination to use both. Have I tried it with fireworks? No, I haven't. I'm not a big fan of fireworks. I think that the potential for in injury to everyone is there. As a surgical nurse, I've seen many people having to be repaired and they've lost fingers, lost eyesight from the fireworks display, uh, their own, of course. Uh, I just don't like fireworks. They, they are not friendly to animals. Animals don't like them. Boomer's okay with them, but I don't want to subject him to it because it's just, I, I don't like it myself and I'm afraid that my own feelings about it would bleed over to him. So that's about it for taking Boomer to concerts. We'll head to the wrap up next and then I guess I will see you guys in about another month to discuss something else. So be sure and listen to the wrap up. I'll talk again about some key points in this discussion. And that's it. All right, so Caesar Milan tells you to be calm and assertive. And that's absolutely important. Get your emotions under control. And Mary McKnight says to teach in micro incremental steps. Absolutely 100% true. That gives you the greatest success with your canine. Whether you have a service dog or not, there are always things that you can teach your dog and that your dog can teach you about life. I hope you can enjoy uh, your dog's company more because you listen to this episode. Please remember, if your dog is not at the level to do some of these things, please don't force them. We, I want you to be happy with your dog, but I don't want your dog to be uh, so stressed out uh, by doing these things that they're not okay with it. Watch your dog's behaviors and make sure that they're not doing something that's telling you that this is too much. Watch their body language. How, well, now, Boomer's ears are all covered up, you say. Well, I look at his back, I look at his face, I look at his tail, and during the concert, 
fourth row to see the Black Crows at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Denver, Colorado, Boomer actually took a nap. Most of the time, he just laid down uh, in between our legs and watched the concert occasionally. But most of the time, he just had his head laying down and he was just kind of fading in and out, closing his eyes, opening them, closing them, opening them. He wasn't shaking. He wasn't nervous. He was totally fine. So watch your dog for these signals and make sure you're not stressing your dog out. And don't ever throw your dog into a new situation to try something out. Start at home. Make sure that they're okay with it. Start at home. I can't say that enough. Never try to introduce something new when you're out and about. You're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, communicate with your dog and love your dog and reward your dog. And if your dog can only do a tenth of this, then, you know, that's okay. You need to be okay with that. Every dog is perfect and every dog is unique and every dog is valuable. So please be loving, caring, strong, and assertive pack leaders, <laughs> as Caesar the Dog Whisperer would say, uh, to be the best companion you can be for your dog and vice versa. There's nothing out there that I think that service dog owners should avoid completely, um, as long as you know how much your dog can take. Again, I don't think I would ever take my dog to Halloween Horror Nights, but I would never condemn someone who has trained them to be around the sights and smells and stimulations and uh, frights that are in the haunted houses there. It's not for me. Uh, it's not for Boomer, and I'm not doing it to him. Concerts are probably the biggest thing I'll take him to, aside from Broadway shows uh, and... and uh, the local theater which I love going to see a Christmas carol uh, during that time and Boomer's totally fine with it nobody in the theater ever even knew that he was there while the play was going on and that's the way a service dog should be uh, should be completely inconspicuous and non-invasive and only the immediate people around you should know in fact side note before I say goodbye at the concert, the people who were sitting next to us, uh, because in Red Rocks, it's benches that are hollow underneath. It's a concrete uh, ledge. The people that sat next to us on our left-hand side came in after us, and Boomer was already settled in. They didn't even know that there was a service dog next to them until the end of the concert when we stood up to leave, and they all gasped and were like oh my gosh there's a dog here they didn't even know that's exactly the way it should be your service dog should not be the star of the show you never want that you want your dog to be so comfortable and so inconspicuous that no one around you knows that there's a service dog there Boomer is five years old now, and I anticipate that that was not his last concert. So I will keep you up to date with any new things that we are doing with Boomer. And if you have any questions or you have a topic that you would like me to talk about, please feel free to reach out. 
I will continue to do a podcast a month as long as I can. And if I skip a month, I apologize, but I am living my life. So you go out there and live your life too. Be kind to others. You never know what they're going through. Please don't judge people. Uh, You may look at them and think, wow, they don't look like they're disabled. Well, maybe you just don't know. And maybe their disability doesn't show. So take a step back and kind of kind of just keep your mouth shut okay because people are going through enough stuff with this pandemic and people are going through enough stuff in their own lives and we all just need a little bit more breathing room than before all right take care talk to you later